0: Morning. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Good night, standing by. You're listening to the Ion
1: Cannon
2: Podcast. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Your source for entertainment
0: reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it, he
2: laser collectors.
0: Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be doing our spoiler review of Solo. A Star we... Wars story. And it's oh, a yeah. full I spoiler guess that I guess I do need to include that. Yep.
3: <laughs> I mean, I think full people listening re- to this podcast know what movie we're talking about when we say Solo. We're talking sorry, about a movie Sol- that has sorry. no family.
0: I was, oh. you know, William. I was trying to get, figure uh, out a way to get there, and you just went there. So, <laughs>
1: okay, but but let's let's just keep. Oh, things sorry.
0: Real, no, no people is the is the technical term. Yeah. No <laughs> people, therefore,
3: no people. <laughs> oh,
0: oh God, uh, keep trying.
3: It's
1: been a while. But we'll now that I've completely derailed
3: the podcast, um,
1: yeah. How about how about some announcements
3: there, William? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. So um, I'm going to keep this real brief because we've got a lot to talk about. But uh, in, in honor of Solo, a Star Wars stories release, uh, there's a new Forces of Destiny episode focused on Akira, which is really cool. We've got some new Solo books coming out now based on uh, what we know of the film. Um, check those out. I'm not going to go into too much detail here just be- just because we're short on time. Um, uh, celebration tickets go on sale June 5th. It's going to be in Chicago next year, next April. I don't know about you guys, but I am so excited to go. Chicago is not an expected um, location. Uh, I think people are assuming it would be Anaheim or Orlando, but I like it. I think it's a good option. And I think it's, um, I think it's very interesting, but I think it does play into the
1: th- – there has to be some reason why it wasn't Orlando or, di- or um, California I'm, Anaheim.
0: I'm sure it's size. It could it's be. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, yep. Number of attendees plus the fact that they're extending to five days – uh, that's yes, the thing or, that
1: threw me off. That's it's huge. Five days. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: No, I, I think you're totally right, Stephen. I, I'm trying to keep this short, but um, I think there's a there's a lot of discussion. On why why did they pick Chicago? Right? And I think the simple answer is McCormick Place, the convention center in Chicago, is the biggest convention center in the entire country. Uh, Orlando is second biggest, uh, and they were already outgrowing Orlando, and so. McCormick Place is really their only option uh, based on the number the, you know, due to the amount of excitement in the community at this point, they can't mm-hmm. go anywhere else really. So McCormick Place is their only option. So, see, I, um, but I you know what? Had, it's, a, it's a nice convention center and I'm really excited. See, I had a
1: feeling it was going to be Anaheim because I know they expanded the Anaheim convention center. I, I was actually there a couple months back for WonderCon. They didn't have that part open, but they definitely expanded that convention center. But Hey, you know what? If it makes it easier to put it in Chicago for the
3: size, if it works for them, okay. Yeah, so I'm excited. So that's gonna be April 11th through 15th. They did not time it with the re- uh, release of uh, or the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge or Star Wars Land, uh, but they did. That was confirmed to be opening uh, in this summer in Anaheim at Disneyland, and then next, uh, f- uh, sorry, next next summer, <laughs> 2019. And then uh, the following uh, uh, fall of 2019 in Orlando at, at Disney World, um, mm-hmm. so or Disney's Hollywood Studios, so those are going to be exciting as well. And uh, there are also some few more details about the hotel as well, the at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and that yes, indeed, you will be able to wear Star Wars clothing, and they're going to try to keep it a very immersive experience. So. You know, I—it's going to be very interesting to see them pull that off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's going to be such a great place, and I, I can't wait to go to go visit it with you guys. It's going to be a busy year next year as we're uh, going to Celebration and uh, the Galaxy's Edge Hotel, but I, I can't wait to to do it with you guys. So
1: we're going to need to plan to do a podcast from that thing oh, from the hotel.
3: Oh
0: yeah. Uh- we will. We will as definitely we be doing do. that. We will definitely. We, we be doing will. That. We will That's definitely the, give that a The tradition shot. of the sleep-deprived podcast, <laughs> exactly. But those are always the most fun, you know. We have different definitions of fun, William. Yeah, <laughs> depends on your point. That's of actually view. not true. We have very similar definitions, but <laughs> yes, yes.
3: Um, but Tom, tell us why we're really here today. Okay. As much as I love celebration and Galaxy's Edge and. There's we could talk for some, hours about that stuff. Yeah. We're here to, we're, talk, we're about, we're here to uh, talk about a special movie. Sk-
0: squeakle? What is it? Alvin and the Chipmunks, The see- Squeakle? Oh, God, no. Right? No, 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 no. Pretty no, sure no, that's no. what we're talking no. about, right? No, no, no. no. Tom, you this didn't, is, did you not prep no. for it?
1: You know what? Tom. I love Chipmunks, but not those three. What we're talking about tonight is Solo, a Star Wars story that was written by Lawrence and John Kasdan and was directed by Ron Howard. Remember, this is a spoiler filled episode, people, so please. If you don't want to hear spoilers because you haven't seen the movie yet, turn it off now because what we're going to be talking about is Bore the Millennium Falcon and a journey to a galaxy far, far away in Solo, a Star Wars story. An all new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy through a series of daring escapes deep with or escapades, sorry, deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld. Han Solo befriends his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and meets the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set <laughs> set a course of one of many Star Wars sagas' most unlikely heroes. It was so, a good movie. I, I it was yeah. a good movie. I'll tell you that now. It I really fun. enjoyed it.
3: You know, I think there was a lot of mm-hmm. skepticism going into this movie. As we, as we talked about, just, you know, with all the production issues and the changing the directors and, uh, you know, just uh, there's a lot of stuff. You know, Alden stepping into the role as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. But you know what? None of it matters. None of it matters well, because that, it was an enjoyable movie. It was really fun. It, w-
1: it was an enjoyable Definitely. movie. And, and I'll get this out of the way first. Out of all the characters that were there, I thought one of the weakest characters was Aldrin. I, I mm-hmm. thought everybody else... And, and I'm not saying it in that he was like the week. He was like, just like that minuscule below. I mean, uh, Donald Glover coming in as Lando Calrissian stole a lot of those scenes. Oh, absolutely!
2: Yeah, and it was so and,
1: good. And and it it was. It, it's one of those things in which it was really hard to to see that, but you could tell that there was just that little little bit that Aldrin pulled it off. Just fine i mean he was a good han solo there's nothing against him being cast in that part he did a really good job but there were some really strong acting chops coming out of everybody there yeah.
3: so the whole cast was was really excellent it was i would say it was really good um and you know even you know with 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 all the new actors donald glovers lando alden and reich is han uh, you know, even uh, uh, Junosun Tomo as uh, Chewbacca, right? He's done this for a few movies now. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, after uh, you know, with, with juno I think it a be easier because he's in the Chewbacca costume. But with the guys, you know, that we know, their face is a little different. After a few minutes, it didn't bother me at all. I I, I totally bought them as mm-hmm. their characters, and so I think that's that's what's important. But um,
0: what I thought I think is cool and about I'll, this movie.
3: yet yeah, Steven?
0: I was gonna. Say, I'll just say like I left the movie theater feeling like, you know, this is this isn't the Han that we saw in episode four, but we're also ten years right. out from that, and I can mm-hmm. totally believe that he will become that Han. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You can you can see it along the way that he will become that Han. Um, I have to throw out I thought Woody Harrelson, I was very surprised at how Woody Harrelson was able to pull off that character as well because Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie, you've seen him in other things. I've seen him in um uh, um what's the 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 thing with Jennifer Lawrence hungry. God, it's just, yeah. Saw him in the hunger games, l- liked him in that. I thought he was a great fit in that, but it was very interesting to see him, how he got into the star Wars universe universe. And I thought he pulled it off very well.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I definitely agree. took it as, yeah, I definitely took it as, uh, when they were writing the role, they're like, and then we need, you know, how, you know, like Woody Harrelson's character. We need that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he does <laughs> no, tend to
3: play the same character over and over and over again.
0: And I don't think it's a bad thing. He brought, I thought he nailed it. And I was actually really worried that like they typecast him and thus I would Mm -hmm. not appreciate uh, his character. And I, some of his scenes, particularly at the ending with the kind of switch and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, I thought were some of the best scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I and he had, he had
1: that little bit of the swagger that you could see developing later in Han Solo, but Mm -hmm.
3: it worked very well. I mean, I really liked it.
0: If only he'd learn to play the valacord. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh. uh so um so this movie starts i would say more similarly to rogue one in that um we don't have the star wars crawl which i think we we're expecting um but what surprised me is that they go straight to uh, from a long time ago in a galaxy far far away to um some more blue text that actually is almost like a scroll without scrolling right in the in the mm-hmm. in the in the blue text font um c- describing the state of the galaxy and and how you know uh, uh there's you know this, the planet Corellia that people are growing up on and it's a shipyard and that uh there's, there's this fuel called coaxium that's
0: uh, uh hyperfuel that's super valuable can i talk about Very my cool. can i talk about my first major pet <laughs> <in this> movie? <laughs> yes okay yes. go ahead go ahead okay so i had two pet i was fully expecting first, this Stephen. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> okay. the movie, so the movie starts off. We get the kind of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then we get the kind of I'd say unusual uh, additional text telling us about the state of the galaxy. Which overall, I don't know if it was actually useful. It's all stuff that they immediately showed us in the next like ten minutes. Uh, you know, like oh, the galaxy walls. Yeah, Great, we saw that. Uh, then my biggest complaint: the galaxy is competing for hyper fuel. Do we, why? And then they never call it that again. They literally just call it coaxium.
3: I realized I think they called it, I, I caught the word hyperfuel once. I think Kira says it at the very beginning of the film, but you're right. Then they go to coaxium and never call it hyperfuel again, which is a good thing. Cause it's kind of a
0: stupid name. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's just, and the fact, and like the fact that it was in all caps, like I know that's cause they're, it's just the way the star Wars opening crawl works. Mm-hmm. It just bothered me so much. I, Hyper fuel. In this case, I, I went though, along I do with feel it. Like
3: it was. I feel like it was almost one of those it, things where they felt like it's a it's a it's it's a Star Wars story. It's not one of the saga mm-hmm. films, so we can't use the crawl. And so instead of using a crawl, which would have been actually applicable here, let's um, uh, let's just do the, the shortened blue text. Uh, but yeah. I, I think to your point, they really didn't need it at all. But you know what? Again, oh, it's, yeah. a just, it's,
0: it's a, a minor. It's a minor thing. It's more just like it's the type of thing where it just set me off at the beginning because it just, you know, it's the type of thing where it's not actually that big of a deal. It's just like in it just I felt like they they wrote it to needle me specifically. That's all. <laughs> OK, but, but Ron they did Howard, it. I don't know how he how he knows, but he's just like, I you know, there's this Steven guy. And he does a podcast, and I really want to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's okay, so, really, so thankfully they okay,
3: so. get off hyperfuel and never call it that again. So it was fine.
1: Okay, and, and so actually, Mr. Howard, hang on a second. I was going to uh-huh. say, Mr. Howard, if you're listening to this podcast, and if you have anything you want to say, you can find us on Facebook under the Ion Cannon Podcast, and you can message Stephen directly through there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh, yeah,
3: well, you you well, You opened no, up a no, can no. of worms, Tom. Hey. <laughs> Got to give it a shot, uh, man. You never know. But uh, I think the one thing that, that was interesting... Um, so I've been reading the the official guide for Solo as well as the art of books, and uh, which are fantastic, by the way. Highly recommend picking them up. Um, and they talk about how coaxium is actually inspired by f- uh, ferrofluid, which is used in real-world spacecraft fuel. So it does actually have a, um, a basis in, I, in reality. Yeah, uh, I thought
0: the coaxium was fine. Like, Yeah. Just I'm all for... Fluid. Yeah. I'm all for giving it a name that sounds cool and official. It was just the uh hyperfuel. The hyperfuel. Hyper <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. So you know um, what? That
1: went right over my head.
3: That that whole and that's thing, a good the, thing The hyperfuel thing.
1: Yeah. I mean it, it seemed like it was a Honestly. throwaway thing.
3: You know, and, and it was done. Yeah. I mean, I did miss the hyperfuel reference my first time until Steven <laughs> we, we were talking mm-hmm. after the screening and I was like, Oh yeah, I could I could totally see that. I can totally see that. Um, but, but then, but you know, the we, thing, we get the solo logo,
1: oh, Tom. I was going to say, but the one thing that you have to admit, seeing Corellia as a planet like that with all the oh. ships above it was pretty cool. Cause that's something you did not expect. I didn't expect to see Corellia that way. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I actually missed it somehow in all the trailers cause it was there. Right. But the shot of, uh, when we see the, the star destroyer being built up in, mm-hmm. you know, in orbit or, you know, at least above, uh, I didn't even notice that they were lifting the bridge at the same time. Yes, to me that, that was super cool.
1: Yeah, that whole uh, that whole Planet Corilia, how it was how it was done, was actually very cool because I never really thought of Corilia that way, and they really made that atmosphere mm-hmm.
3: really cool. Well, it felt Absolutely. dirty and grimy yeah. and uh, and lived in, and it, it kind of did feel like a giant giant shipyard that the Empire is mm-hmm. kind of tasked with going into. You know, um, uh, speeding up production so quickly that they could meet the the needs, and, uh, and, and even throughout the whole beginning, just all the little bits and pieces that you'd see scattered around the the shipyards of like you know, mm-hmm. Tie Fighters in in you know being being assembled or uh, you know the Star Destroyers in yeah. orbit, and it's really cool looking. I Loved the mm-hmm. the visual design there.
1: And that actually plays upon what you saw in Rebels to where the Empire would go take a planet and you've read in other books they take a planet and completely strip it of its resources and basically turn it into a wasteland and in this one they took the planet Karelia. we don't know what it looked like before the Empire got to it but they have completely destroyed that planet for their purposes. Like-
0: I actually didn't feel like it. One of the things I really liked is Corelli felt the most like a real place that I feel like we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, we had, it, we had yeah, like, it agrees. was a city, but, like, we had right. water. It was a city, but, like, we clearly had, like, the nice district and the spaceport and the kind of crappy district where Han was growing up. Like, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that, like, it wasn't a traditional Star Wars, ah, this is Coruscant, the, the skyscraper planet, or, mm-hmm. ah, this is Hoth, the Hoth. Planet, you know, the ice planet. Like, we got a little bit more variation almost everywhere we went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm.
3: I agree. We we actually see a lot of Corellia, not just as you said, the spaceport and the um, uh, and the and the uh, shipyards, but the the more the underworld, of the favela as well, where Han and, and Kira grew up, uh, including Lady Proxima, Proxima, this like snake-like water monster in a uh, kind of almost creepy scene. You kind of really get to see that Han is not, he's a. He's, a, he's, uh, well, I don't want to call him an orphan because we find out later he
0: mentions his father yeah. and it sounds like Actually, his dad's yeah, still let's, alive. Let's talk about Interesting.
1: that. Okay. Get there.
0: Yeah. So at one point when Han is on the Falcon for the first time, he tells Lando that his father used to work on uh YT 1300s mm-hmm. uh, and it adds a little bit of special significance to him. To uh, so like why he appreciates the ship so much, and then the other piece is, did he mention that he was much closer to his mom than his dad as well? I know that Lando was Lando. Does. Yeah, no, oh, Han doesn't. Okay, Han didn't mention it at all.
3: Okay, but, but, but he does say his dad used to build YT thirteen hundreds, and before he got laid off. Before he got laid off, but I get the impression he's still alive. I maybe not close maybe they're probably not close for some reason, but
0: it's like, I don't know why he's
3: living on his own, but
0: well, I, I I'm assuming they had a pretty big falling out at some point. They must uh, have, they, like they must have. If half he half. doesn't so, use the
1: last name, that's the thing. They must have, I mean, and no and last name.
0: especially in these particular scenes, Han at this age is clearly, uh, I almost want to say your stereotypical teenager. Mm. He clearly has no idea what's good for him. Everything is simplified. And, everything is 150 percent yeah yep
3: and, and but that's okay at, at his age that no felt...
0: it's not a complaint that's i i thought it worked really well it it was interesting i was wondering how like i kind of uh, assumed the care would be the love interest of the movie and i was mm-hmm. curious how they would approach it when you know han and leia are so very clearly a thing and they, i think they did it by making it very clear that uh this is han before like, not that Han ever really knows all that well. Like, he gets out of situations as much by luck and skill, but he gets mm-hmm. himself into them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly very much the same Han. Yeah. Like, enough it, that he knows, ignores a uh, number of red flags with Kira throughout the movie.
1: It's it's that yeah. first crush thing. You, you look at it that way with him. It was his first crush. And it's one of those to where, in so. his case, in his case, he just couldn't let it go, and until you know he really had no choice at a certain point.
3: Yeah, and I think he's you know he's 19 at the beginning of the movie, so he's still pretty young. Um, and I, I I really enjoyed not just the relationship with with the, and the dynamic with Kira, but also um, how he's kind of there. He's trying to get out from under Lady Proxima. Uh, you know, and, and the and the the white worms, right? And mm-hmm. um, even going as far as to like steal some of the coaxium, uh, and keep it from from Lady Proxima, so he could use it to buy his way off off planet with Kira. Um, and I, I, like you said, it all feels very Han, especially that moment where, <laughs> in a very uh, Return of the Jedi esque scene, he tries to threaten Lady Proxima with a thermal detonator. Mm-hmm. And he claims the a thermal detonator, and it's just a rock. <laughs> you yeah, and he makes the clicking
0: sound with his voice.
3: Yeah, I did actually I really say. appreciate that scene. That was it's, fun.
0: Has incredibly silly and ridiculous as it was, but that's such a Han thing to do, you know? Oh,
3: absolutely. And that's what that's why I think that's why I think it worked really well. And then you know we get the the, the you know this requisite speeder chase because if this is going to be a Han movie, you got to get some, you know, you have to get a speeder chase in there, right? Um, but also, it gives backstory to him. Always saying that he's a good pilot, he's
1: a good driver. It
3: gives mm-hmm. all that you needed to have that in there, exactly. Um, and uh, and and the spaceport was really cool too. The the one thing I didn't like as they were trying to get off off planet, um, and we kind of we, we alluded to this at the top of the episode. I'm going to be honest. Tons of references I liked. Tons of explanations I didn't. You know, I, I enjoyed. I hate.
0: Hate the explanation for his last name. I hate it. Really? Oh really? yeah. I, absolutely. I okay. wish they okay. had just not mentioned it at all. Like,
3: c- can't Solo be Solo? Why can't that be his last name? Seriously, why? Why do they have to explain why his last name is Solo? Just... I know it's a word that already exists, but do we have to explain why Luke walks through the sky? Like, I, I don't know. It's just uh, now it made me
0: cringe. It is and. The whole scene where he's just like, hmm, so you're alone. No family. And like, he, I'm doing a, a visual thing, but he like looks up and like strokes, is just like, hmm, alone. And there's just like that pause, you're like, oh my God, they're gonna do it. <laughs> so low. And you're just like, oh. Um, when I first saw the movie, the guy sitting next to me in the theater immediately face palmed. And I was just like, yep, <laughs> that, is, that is the correct reaction. Wow. Like every
3: everything else, I think they did a. Fa- and I, I can't wait to get into it later because there are so many little moments and explanations throughout this movie that I just adored, uh, yep. and it doesn't bother me 100%. at all. And yeah, you could say they were maybe checking off, uh, you know, uh, things on a list that the fans wanted to see, but mm-hmm. it didn't feel like that. Really? No. But, I in general, I thought, it, but but they it was not fan-service-y at all. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I, I, I find I, it funny because you didn't you didn't mind yeah, though,
1: Tom, I. I I didn't no, I'll be honest. I didn't mind it. I didn't facepalm it. You know, I'm like I, mm. I guess the way I saw it, it was like, you know what? It worked. Okay? You almost kind of felt sad for him because there was a part of you who was just like, okay, he was going to say something, but he decided not to. And then it was like, mm. you know what? I, I I bought into it. I I'm not that I'm jaded. I mean, I love Star Wars,
3: but I just bought into it. You know that's not for me a facepalm moment. If he even has his dad around, I feel like that also breaks the whole last name thing because he clearly knows his dad, and unless his dad doesn't have a last name either, like uh, I mean, mean, uh, whatever. I don't need to harp on it. Maybe I would have made up my own last name at that point. I don't know. I don't want to harp on it. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's fine. We can we can move forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rest of it was great though, and and the one thing I loved about this movie is actually I think my two top favorite my two favorite things about this movie were one that stayed true to haunts backstory not every single detail but all the backstory we know from the eu is is alive and well um mm, more or less more or less not 100 percent, but a lot of it and uh, the, the the key beats and two um the amount of callbacks and references to other legend's works which I think we'll, we'll we'll get into more a bit later but I thought they did a really good job with both of those and especially once they get off planet and uh, and Han finds Chewie things um, I think kind of smooth out a bit not that the beginning's bad but it's just a little rocky and things mm-hmm. smooth out and the, the the movie really finds its stride at that point um and 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 you know so the things that you know Han's backstory, like Corellia, right, and Coronet—they even kept the name of the of the uh, of the capital city. But also things like, you know, Mimban, where that wasn't in Han's backstory before. But we, for the first time, get to see the planet Mimban, which we've heard about in legends for, you know, a long, long time. I think Splinter of the Mind's Eye was probably the first time we heard Mimban, right?
0: I mean, Splinter of the Mind's Eye is pretty much the first, exactly. Anything. <laughs> the, the yeah, first, it, the was, first it was legends the first. Co- it
1: was the first
3: expanded universe. Or right, legends so,
0: in this case. So I thought they did a really good job with,
3: you know, tying all in right. all of these things.
0: Yeah, and actually, let's. Are you okay if we kind of talk about what happens on Memban Or I, you know, I want think to talk we about should that, do. It. I actually, I
1: like, I like this section. I thought all this right. was very interesting. I thought this was pulled off better than the book Battlefront. Battlefront was terrible, but that whole battle scene. And, so
3: don't get we me We sound so again. negative I, right now at the beginning of this episode. And I apologize. No, we no, genuinely no, no I genuinely enjoyed it.
1: No, 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 no. No, no I, was, I was trashing a book. I'm not trashing this section of the movie. No, I, I thought I just this section in general. That. that sequence
0: was fantastic. Yes, it uh, was. And I'll actually say, in some ways, I kind of wish Rogue One had a little bit more of this. Like the third act really? of Rogue One is. A bit grittier. Uh, I, like, I, I still really like the third act of Rogue One. It's a very. It's a large scale Star Wars battle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This was a really cool, like gritty Star Wars battle. This
3: was more the Band of um, Brothers style, uh, Saving yes. Private Ryan. Yeah, battle, and just, like, yeah, this I was, this was
1: like, like World War One, World War One Two slash Star Wars battle. This was. I mean, cool. heck, yeah. we even had trench yeah. warfare yeah. in it.
0: Yeah, that's that's a like, cool. Han trying to figure out which way to go, and the offer being like, "We're going this way," and then he explodes immediately. Like, oh, this is this is horrible. Yeah. Uh, but the visuals of like the atST being dropped off were just so cool. Oh yeah. yeah. oh yeah
1: and then oh God what what was it was it an Imperial officer said let's go this way and the guy gets blown up. Yes. Oh, you just said that yeah, yeah. Stephen I think yep. you kind of referenced that but yeah that was, the part I didn't remember the exact
0: line up. but like yeah it just that sequence was great. Uh, and I thought the introduction of Beckett and kind of Han picking up on what was going on worked really really well. That mm-hmm. was
1: cool how how those four, those three came in was very interesting and the thing I found fascinating until it was actually, you saw the hands come out that I did not expect the other character that was in the Stormtrooper helmet or the, the ground helmet to be an actual alien with the two sets of arms, which was mm-hmm. John Favreau voicing that character.
2: Yeah.
1: It and took Han me actually, a while to
3: realize that. Yeah, Han, Han was the one to, to pick it, that up. Yeah. He, he calls it out, but because they don't show you right away, you almost forget until it happens later. You're like, oh, Han was not, like, the Han makes a comment about, uh, you know, this guy's arms coming out of nowhere to hike up his pants or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he said his butt almost. And I'm like, what? What?" And then you see later, oh, it's because he has four arms. And, you know, like,
0: oh, okay. It actually, I didn't really notice what was happening there really until the second, my second viewing.
1: You guys have seen it twice. I've only seen it once. I'm I'm behind,
3: man. Yeah, I know. You got to go see it again. Um, oh but, i don't uh, uh, I'm, I but, may. You know you're right it was it was really gritty and i also like seeing his hans time in the imperial uh army in this case we didn't get to see his time in mm. the imperial navy, navy at the academy but he does reference it and say he got kicked out of the academy on Karita, which was really cool apparently that is a, a cut scene it was originally filmed and uh, they cut it and it, it was going to have a cameo of Ron Howard, and. Actually, uh, Tag and Bink were going to be on Karita as well, so they're mm-hmm. they're not in the movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, at least again, they're they're keeping all of Han's backstory. Hey, yes, he was in the Imperial uh, uh, Navy. Uh, he did get drummed out for different reasons than we thought. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, they they do they do keep that, and the way they introduce these new characters is 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 really. Really cool. One thing I want to mention before we we dive into to Chewbacca, which is probably one of my more, more favorite parts of the movie, is mm-hmm. um, uh, we, we completely forgot to mention on uh, on Corellia a- at the spaceport when Han is going into the Imperial recruitment office, um, we hear the Imperial March playing, and it's the Imperial March from Empire Day in Star Wars Rebels. The exact music. That- that's too that cool. That was
0: really, really cool. Yeah.
3: So, you know, given how much we cover Rebels, I I, I loved seeing that a mm-hmm. little, little bit. Um, but, okay, so so Han, Han is found out, right? And, and there's that, that great little moment where he tries to turn in Beckett, and instead Beckett turns him in somehow. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, that's yeah. what I
1: thought. That's what I thought was pretty cool because that also shows you when it comes to um, Imperial officers and knowing who is in their rank and who actually is an officer in the Imperial Army and not. I loved how smooth Beckett was able to pull that and call the imp- actual Imperial officer over and say, hey, I've got somebody here. Um, I don't think he's actually an Imperial officer or whatever because Beck that was a total, total setup by Beckett. I just loved how smooth that whole section played out.
3: But what it does is it actually gets us, it gets Han thrown in with a monster and in the monster's cage. And, you know, every Star Wars movie has to have a monster, right? We've got the Rancor. We've got the Wampa. We've got Borgalet, We've got, you know, endless, endless monsters uh, in every single Star Wars film. Except in this case, they turn it on their head. And the monster is Chewbacca. And it's such a perfect moment. And I know it was pretty cool. Uh It was pretty cool.
0: It is, although it raises some very interesting questions. Like, they say Han hasn't... Sorry, Han. They say he hasn't eaten anything in three days. (laughs) So... That's uh,
3: a little concerning, I think. You can last a lot longer than three days without eating anything.
1: Well...
0: Yeah, but they it's, they definitely imply.
1: Okay, it's not like there was a bunch of that Ewoks Chewbacca down was there. eating people. Basically, That
0: Chewbacca was eating people. Yeah, like it's. I don't really know how to feel about that.
3: <laughs> well, maybe maybe I, I went maybe they it. captured Chewbacca, they threw some hunks of meat down there. It was just, you know, leftover uh, cow, sure. a steak or two. Uh huh. And 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 then they threw Han down there thinking, oh, he's he's hungry enough now. Now he'll eat a human. And
1: and maybe they were just joking with Han to make him, you know. Yeah. Think about it. You got to think of that way, because, you know, to be up top watching all this and kind of putting money on how long Han will last and that whole interaction between the stormtroopers above watching what was happening below that I found fascinating and, and interesting to watch because they ended up getting their dues anyway. They ended up falling into the pit themselves.
3: Mm-hmm. Which is, again, a great a great way to escape where mm-hmm. Chewbac- uh, Han somehow knows how to speak Shrewook and uh, talks to Chewie in a pretty hilarious way. And okay, he so here's he a question. How did you guys out. feel about that? Actually, Yeah, I was going to...
1: Thank you, Stephen. I was going to ask the same question. So, Stephen, you start it. off. How did what you think? You, what would
2: Yeah.
0: I... <sighs> I feel a little mixed on it. It's, it sounded a little bit on the silly side, mm-hmm. uh, and it just. I, okay,
3: but like if I'm it, gonna speak another okay. language, I'm sorry. It's gonna
0: sound kind of silly too because I don't know. Well, that's true. It. Okay, that's, but that is totally fair. Okay, but put it You'll this totally way: out of make all of the me.
1: languages, but out of all the languages in the galaxy, why is it Han knows how to speak? You know, uh, uh, Wookie. You know, just just out of all of them, I didn't have a problem with it. I figured it was like a couple words here and there. He could speak it. I could I could buy him understanding it. I could totally buy him understanding it. Speaking it was like uh, a couple words here and there, not actually speaking it.
3: Well, you know, when you're when you're bored uh, and working for the white worms and you you, you find maybe a, a book on true work and start to teach yourself in the evenings. When yeah, you're not going if she out,
1: needed a translator. If I don't need know. <laughs> a translator. I can understand it,
3: but um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't. I don't know. But I, I liked how it established why Chewy kind of trusts him. You know, I think in the in Legends, Chewy was a, a prisoner on I think Kessel, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and Han uh, frees... I thought it was on Kessel. Maybe maybe, well, maybe it was
0: somewhere else. Uh, some minor I mean, it was definitely somewhere. So yeah, and he he frees Chewy,
3: and that's why. They are, uh, you know, partners after that, um, but I like this kind of twist on that, where he gets he, he Chewie's supposed to take him out, and then he realizes, oh no, this is a this is a good guy. Uh, he mm-hmm. helps him escape, and, and then they become fast friends. Maybe a little
0: too fast yeah, friends. I, uh, <laughs> after, after yeah, but escape. it's, it's yeah. believable. I mean, well, I, I could. No, sorry, it. I'm alluding to the. You're referring the bathroom scene. <laughs> The shower oh scene. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was... My, the first genuine laugh that I got in the movie. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> uh, you, we couldn't do um, this one at a time. I'd actually, <sighs> I really liked seeing Chewbacca and Han working together for a lot of the movie. Mm. It was it's something we haven't really gotten to see a lot. I'd say with the two of them, um, Chewie especially lately has been kind of relegated to a uh, I don't want to say a lesser character, but he He's he hasn't a tertiary been as active. Character. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: he definitely has been. Mm-hmm.
3: And I think part of that is honestly Peter Mayhew is just was not doing too well, especially in like Force Awakens, right? Where he he and and yep. Tomo were kind of sharing the part in the Force Awakens timeline, uh, time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we get to, obviously there's no, no real, you know, he wasn't in Rogue One. And then we get to Last Jedi and there's just so much else going on in that film that there, there wasn't really an opportunity for Chewie to do a whole lot. Um, and, and so this is really Juno Sontamo's breakout role in many ways as as Chewbacca mm-hmm. to kind of show that yeah he could he could play he really does know Chewbacca and he does he knows him really well.
1: And I think yeah. the hardest it thing. Makes... W- Go ahead, Stephen. Go I was
0: gonna say I'm looking. For, should I should I hope we get to see more of Chewbacca in the future, either in uh, whatever Episode Nine is, or you know, in a future movie of some kind, but. I think this movie definitely solidified how great Chewie is. And it's actually something I'd say as Legends fans, we were missing for the longest time since, you know, Chewie wasn't around.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. I agree. And and I think, I think for us, it's going to be hard to see Chewbacca without Han Solo because we have seen them basically, you know, shadow each other. They're always with each other. And I think that's the hardest thing when it comes to uh, Last Jedi since, There was no Han Solo, and yeah, the Peter Mayhew and and everything else. It would be kind of hard to see Chewbacca up there basically by himself without Han Solo at his side or vice versa.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we didn't see the formation of the life debt in this movie specifically, but I actually like that we didn't get that. You know, I feel like it would have been...
0: I don't know. Well, but I I, I I thought it worked being implied. It didn't I, I we agree. didn't need to have it spelled exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know?
3: Show, don't tell. Right? Yep. Well, we don't need to see the, the, the moment where Chewie looks at Han and is like, Oh, you really life it. You know, like you, you don't need that, right? <laughs> but also when yeah. you
1: take a look at the movie, the amount of times that Han did save him, he got him out of the pit and then on the train robbery, which we're gonna get to at one point, he almost gets, you know, flattened by a rock. So there's always those little things along the way. So it, you don't have to fully go out there and say, or Chewbacca say, "I now owe you a life debt because you saved me here, 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 and here." You know, right? It is implied, and I had no problem with it, because you, you because yeah. you ended up at a certain point. it's not so much a life debt. They ended up being best buddies, and if two buddies like each other like that, they are gonna they're gonna stay with each other because they trust each other, especially in the yeah. kind of business they're they're now in. So
3: yeah so it was it Absolutely. was really it was well done i like their dynamic quite a bit hmm um what did you uh what did you think well um so what, what did you think of the uh the way in which they they escaped van, um, uh, uh, uh,
1: i think in this point it showed that han was a pilot that he was able to basically bail him out after John. I totally forgot the character's name, but after John Favreau's character died, Rio, um, Rio Durant. Rio Durant. Oh Rio. Dur- okay, we're talking Durant. about
0: the, the train scene, not when they're leaving Minban, right? Oh, did I jump yeah, that yeah. far ahead? God, I do a little bit. That's on. okay. yeah, <laughs> right, it's fine. Well, <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, let, I, let, let's <sighs> let's jump. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, is is there anything else we need to talk about Mimban before? to get to get out of there or do we jump ahead to the train
3: station? no I mean he, he basically right cons his way onto the ship or you know manages to convince everyone that he is worthwhile to take along uh, his his, his mm. good friends that they just only just met and uh, and and you know and they, 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 they're on their way and so. it was also John um, um,
1: God I'm going to get the name wrong again John Favreau's character who at the campfire scene sat there and said hey it wouldn't be that bad to have a Wookiee around true so actually i really it does liked, work out in their favor
3: i liked rio quite a bit um yeah yeah, yeah i'd agree it was i was kind of sad when he, he died so early
0: i like i liked val a lot too but they uh yes, had fantastic. no problems removing a lot of my favorite characters at the beginning of this movie yeah but it's like I, I, one. Are, are they
1: actually gonna are they actually gonna save it until the end or make it all the way to the end of the the movie and then on top of that if it was gonna be that big of a crew what would that have done to the dynamics of the movie going forward? They had to, I think, weed it down to, you know, this is the core group because at the certain point Beckett will turn on Han because there was that, there was that, you know, warning, you know, never trust anybody because you'll always, you'll always be disappointed.
3: Yeah. I did like, uh, I I thought Rio had some really great hilarious lines uh, Mm -hmm. at times about how, you know, uh, his his what the minock party or how you you never had a, you never have a better nap than in a Wookiee's lap or something like that and uh, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, actually rhyme like that but uh, no it was I, I liked I liked Rio uh, and and Val too it was mm-hmm. it was kind of as, as to your point Stephen I was disappointed that she she died so quickly because uh, she's a very
0: cool character um, absolutely so I don't know well, <sighs> sometimes. You know, you don't get what you want, so.
3: And we've got some backstory yeah. for Chewie. I don't feel like they really, they did pay it off, but it was pretty, pretty fast. You know, they, as they're sitting around the campfire, they're all, they're talking about their, kind of what motivates them. And mm-hmm. uh, Chewie says that he, uh, his whole goal is to find his, his family or tribe and, uh, and rescue them. And that does indeed happen on Kessel. He finds one or two. No, does it? Them. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Know. I don't feel I like Chewie sort resolved in this. I don't think it's a completion. I think they, they tried to show that Chewie had an arc. I don't think it was necessarily.
1: I, I don't think executed. it was pulled off well though. I, yeah, exactly. I, I don't think it was pulled off very well at all. If that was supposed to be his family or his part of his tribe that he rescued on, on Kessel. I don't think it was pulled off that well at all. And also no. I, I had a problem. Well, I, I, I'll say this. I had a problem with the one Wookiee that he did meet up with. There was something about that face that just did not work for me. That oh. didn't make it look like it was a Wookiee.
3: Sorry. That was, that, See, one it's ugly I, I that was,
0: I thought it was an ugly what? Wookie. It actually didn't bother me at all. Okay. Uh, okay. That... I, I I guess
1: for me, it was like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there are always, a, I guess for me, take a look at the old uh, Christmas special where they all look that way. They all look like, Chewbacca. <laughs> and I guess in this case, you know, in this case, Yeah, there's many different kinds. There was just something about it. It could have been just the mud on the Wookiee. There was just something about (laughs) it. It just didn't work.
0: Sagwa, he he had a he had a different kind of face.
3: Yeah, which there's no fur on his face. Maybe he's just from another part of the uh, another part. Maybe. Well, I mean, and something
0: tells me. Well, I'll go farther. Something tells me he wasn't exactly being treated particularly nicely either. On that's what I was. That's what I was going to say too.
3: You yeah. know, it's it is pretty bad of us to cr- criticize Sagwa who's been a prisoner all this time.
1: No, you got a good like, come point.
3: On.
1: All right, that's fine. I'll back off.
3: <laughs> no, he's and he's uh he's actually from uh R- R- Roro, the uh, the island tree city in mm-hmm. uh, uh in of the Sith. So um, okay. Yeah. So Cool. That's poor Sagwa. Um, mm-hmm. But
1: uh, but anyway, yeah, t- t- I was gonna to say to backtrack a bit, why don't we go back to that campfire scene? Because there was a couple yeah. things that happened during the campfire scene that was pretty cool. And one of them is you get to see Han Solo get his blaster.
3: Yes. The DL now did
1: 44. you guys and I was gonna ask, did you guys find it interesting how Beckett actually how that blaster came to being? Because it looked like it was originally a rifle and he started taking it apart to build that? Mm-hmm. Or did I miss
3: did, No, you're you're totally so, right. Totally yeah, right. I found yeah, that was, I found that so interesting. He a couple of attachments. Yeah, and which then which he kissed the question, it and handed it to Han, which begs the question: Why didn't um, Why didn't Han get the attachments back later on? Like he could have a sweet assuming, weapon, and he's just got his pistol
0: going on. But I mean, I'm assuming it's, pistol. it all comes down to preference. That's yeah. true. he doesn't need the long range. He's That's Han true. is a you know he he always fires from the hip. And this, this is basically one
3: of those situations where like. Your mentor comes in at the beginning of the video game, hands you the greatest weapon, the most powerful weapon in the game, or the best one that you're going to stick with the entire time is like, "Yeah, no more weapon's You're good." Yeah, but got, if he would have got gotten all
1: the easy, parts. There you go. If he would have had all the parts, he yeah. wouldn't have been able to put it in the holster. Yeah.
3: You got to think of it that way. Yeah. So, uh, so thoughts on the whole train heist, the conveyance. And that
1: actually was pretty cool, especially when you had the Stormtroopers come out with the Mag Boots. That mm-hmm. was cool. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. They try to use the TH hauler to, um, sorry, eight TH AT hauler to, uh, which is a really cool ship design, by the way. It's like a crane combined with a Lambda class shuttle almost, um, and uh, they try to use it to steal the coaxium, a ton, a ton of coaxium and of course the you know the the empire uh, guarding the train arrives and then enfist nest arrives mysterious enfist nest and attacks
0: mm. and rio and that was die. A, I thought that was a really cool fight scene. Mm-hmm. It is. Kind of a battle amongst the skies or on the train. It's like I a three-pronged like
1: battle. It,
3: I feel like it might have been a little bit too long. Like I almost would have preferred more time really? on the end of the movie rather than the beginning because i felt like minban was basically 100 to set up uh chewy and uh and the the rest of the you know um beckett and val and mm. rio and everything and then the train mm-hmm. heist was just to get them into a position where they owed dryden boss that's really all it was um interesting and,
1: when you put it that way
3: you know which yeah. which i get and, and it mm-hmm. wasn't bad i just i think i don't know. For some reason, I'm not a huge fan. Maybe it's the fact that I'm not a huge fan of Enthus Nest in general. For whatever reason,
0: mm-hmm. um, interesting.
3: I don't know. Just uh, the character doesn't resonate with me quite as well. Quite okay, as I but don't, I can't really put it, my finger on it. I actually um, really liked her character as well. You did.
0: Yeah, I I, I thought it worked really well. Um, the only thing I wish I I'm I appreciate that she wasn't a member of. Uh, like the rebels that we'd seen already.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I did I, like that twist, though—the fact that and that, thats what
1: I was going to bring up. I was going to definitely bring that part. It was like
0: trying to rebel,
3: basically.
1: Well, not so much rebel that it was a kid. It was basically, yeah. yeah. It was number one, it was a kid, and two, it was her mother that originally, if I understood correctly, started the whole thing. And because her mother got killed, the daughter ended up taking it over and continued it forward. But the thing that got yeah, me the, was it was it was a kid.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. I
3: like that twist.
0: Yeah. I wish. I kind of wish uh, we got a little more insight into what happens at the end, where they get the, you know, the coaxium and what happens. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Um, Agreed with that because that was basically, yay, you got it. Then that was
0: the end of the movie.
1: In 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 her storyline, that was the end. Where did it go from that point? I agree with that part.
0: Yeah. I was just like, so is the idea that like. How much of funding, where did the funding go? Like, I kind of hope they're not implying that like Han funded the entire rebellion because uh, I don't think that would have, I would have liked that, but.
1: <laughs> I To me, I don't think that Absolutely. was implied. Yeah, I don't think that was implied. I think it was, it was basically um, her her whole clan, if anything, was the one that would be funding the rebellion. It wouldn't be because of Han. Han was the one that gave her that product. She's the one that would basically take it and, and convert it into the credits and fund everybody from that point. Unless unless it was, you know, an accidental by association. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that,
3: that you know, implication that he was the one that did it or funded it. That's true. Or kicked it off. That's true. And while I wasn't... And while I think Enfys didn't necessarily grab me as a character, the, the, the background and motivations I thought was a little more interesting and the fact that these, these, thing, these people, this group that you think are, you know, basically... Uh, pirates or marauders, right? Turn out to be uh, s- just stealing resources for mm-hmm. some sort of rebellion, and it's actually not clear if it's the rebellion, you know, uh, in, in with a capital R, or if it's a rebellion, because she really only mentions Dryden Voss as yep. uh, her 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 enemy, and so it could be a. Re- rebellion against the crime syndicates or something it's not quite so that's clear. what I
1: think no I I, th- I think it's basically like if you look at it from take it from the Star Wars rebels point of view but it's that rebellion that's not against the Empire it's a smaller rebellion yeah. against what's going on maybe on that planet or like you said um, you know the crime lords that's where the rebellion is but it's a spark that could probably travel further
3: so spark spark though like the Fire that will burn the.
1: Yeah, they will burn fire the, fire the first order down. The there example. you go. Didn't mean to go that <laughs> way
3: with it. <laughs> well, it's okay. You're, you're staying on brand with the analogies, so it's good. Oh, thank you. Good. Um, it's good. So it's all speaking about of, uh, Speaking of uh, light, uh, <laughs> the uh, the after they they escape and accidentally blow up the, well, they have to let go of the coaxium because the, in order to save their their lives, because basically. Had Envis Nest just told them her plan, I think they, everyone, could have gone home happy. But instead, she just tries to steal it from them, and it goes sideways, and it all blows up, and now they owe Dryden Voss a lot of money because they promised they would do this job and failed. So they go to the First Light. There you go. There's that's where I was trying to get at. That's the light reference there with the spark. Okay. There you go. And um, they go to Dryden Voss's base, and his ship, the yacht, the First Light. To meet with him and apologize.
1: That was a and, that was an interesting looking ship, man. That was like a wing oh on yeah. its side. That was that was cool, interesting.
0: I liked it. I thought it worked.
3: Thoughts on uh, Dryden Voss and his merry band of
0: criminal syndicates? <sighs> I thought he did okay. Like he definitely does like. I actually say, like a lot of Marvel movies, he certainly doesn't carry the movie, but he doesn't bring it down either. He yeah, works, I, is but, how, like, how I think about it.
1: I, I think, well, take it from the point of view of, I think, I think it was supposed to be that way because there was a bigger reveal later that you could tell he was not the one that was in full charge. He was like, let's say, yeah. within a criminal organization, he was the captain underneath the colonel and he tried to look like he had the authority mm-hmm. but in this case you know he, he pulled it off well enough because he kept his lieutenant kira as we find out later in line but there's always that person above you so really he wasn't the throwaway character he was there to be like the buffer between what was
3: coming later mm-hmm. and he did he definitely did have this you know um polished gangster vibe right where he Mm -hmm. he pretends to be a businessman but is really a you know scum and um and and villainy exactly and you know we haven't really seen as many of those types of villains in star wars it's it's an interesting change you know from from the usual um again i thought he did okay you know as, as far as villains go i i would rank um you know uh Rogue One's director Krennic way, way, way oh, higher. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I love you, you, absolutely. Um, absolutely. but I think he was serviceable as as Dryden Voss. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole Crimson Dawn organization was interesting, uh, as well. I think you know, interesting ship design, but also just as you were alluding to, I think well, let's just just do this now. That the big the big moment is when we find out that who Dryden Voss is actually working for. And Well, we found out that
1: after Dryden Voss met his met his doom, yeah, it was Kira, it was Kira who called up the actual boss. Because okay, here's okay, we're gonna throw this out there before we get to the actual reveal. Do you think, in a roundabout way, Kira was actually working for the actual boss of Crimson Dawn?
0: No, I don't. No. Oh, really? Think it's purely just as uh, Beckett says. She's a survivor, mm-hmm. and she saw an opportunity to secure okay. a better position in the galaxy, and she took it.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And man, I when when I I, I loved how they did the reveal too because it's, it's it's small but it's it was something it's one of those things that I should have expected, like given the timeline, given really? where we are, what? I no. feel like I should have really? expected it. But I did. No. Actually, I'll
0: say as soon as they said it was Crimson Dawn, we should have figured it out. Exactly. I don't think we should. not before okay. then, though. Okay. Well, I, right, I, but I, it
3: was called Crimson Dawn, right? They had like if you look in Dryden's office, there's like you know uh, Sith holocrons in the background and what lightsabers or something Mandalorian people helmet scrolls. Like Mandalorian
0: helmets. This is there's there's every Actually, I every hint. I I'd take a note. I want to come back and talk about the Mandalorian helmet. Okay, we'll bit. come back.
3: Okay.
1: Can can I can I say one thing? Yeah. And and this is why I didn't go where you guys are going with with the whole tell. Every time I hear Crimson Dawn, I really hate to say this, I go back to Die Hard because that happens to be said in Die Hard was Horror. one of the terrorist organizations that um that um god what that that they wanted to get released. It was Crimson Dawn, really? and the guy read it in Newsweek. Yes, the guy read it in Newsweek or Time. It's it's the funniest, it's funniest throwaway line.
3: Ref- reference.
1: I don't know, but every There's time actually a I reference
3: later, um, and I wonder if that's the thing. Run, I don't know if it was Ron Howard because I think I feel like they would have had that line pretty late. Like the the, the reference to Needles later on. Hans' friend Needles is a yeah, Back to the Future I've heard that Yeah, um, but I, I I heard that, and it's like.
1: But but if you guys want to say the reveal of who Crimson Dawn was, be my guest.
0: So it's Maul. Oh yeah, Maul. Oh. It's how did you? So honestly, though, for a moment, like uh-huh. taking a high level, not just that you know we reviewed Rebels where Maul played a pretty key role, right? How did you feel about it? I
3: I think it was one of the things that has no impact on the movie itself. But I think it, they're they're taking a page from Marvel and setting something up big. Something big. I don't know what it's going to be, I, but but where I feel like this is a tease for some other big movie or television show that's coming down the line. I don't know if it's from the you know the, the creators of Game of Thrones, the 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 couple movies they're working on, or if it's um you know, or the 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 TV series from John Favreau uh, or something that hasn't been announced yet. I feel like there's something big happening here. Uh, and they know Maul is a big character, and there's this there's this you know, ten year gap where, um, where Maul eight to ten years where Maul is running around the galaxy, right? Because we, we see him uh, take over the criminal underworld. He 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 you know mm-hmm. leads the Mandalorians and um, uh, and, and puts like the brings together the, the the pikes and and all the different criminal syndicates. And then when we see him again, in, it's in the Clone Wars, and we see him again in Rebels he's um he's you know off by himself right on, on, mm-hmm. on more band and so um yeah. something happened in that time frame and solo is right smack in the middle of that and so i i could so, totally see why like it makes sense that he'd be running this organization it does but, but it doesn't well, have oh, any gosh, impact on I'd... the movie itself and in fact <sighs> it almost might detract too much from the movie
0: I honestly don't know uh, what you do with Maul. Like, his inclusion is so weird to me, because either you're not watching Clone Wars or Rebels, Mm -hmm. in which case his appearance is just baffling, and you are like, wait, did this take place before the last time I saw him? I have seen a lot of that confusion. Or you have watched Clone Wars and Rebels, in which case nothing in the story about him matters. Well,
1: no, wait a minute. Because you've seen it all. No, well okay the stories do matter because I, the biggest thing for me is what okay i was crazy enough right before i went to see solo i read a spoiler which i should not have it did uh, not spoil the reveal of mall it did not spoil the reveal of okay, mall good because for me when i looked at it and you saw it one it was uh sam what we're doing the voice it was god i've I'm so Ray bad Park. with names tonight. Ray Park. It was Ray Park being Maul again, but it was the robotic legs, and for me, it was trying to place where it was between Clone Wars and Rebels, where this was actually taking place. Okay, and if you took a look at his lightsaber, the saber looked exactly like it did in Rebels, which looked like the 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 seventh sister the the Inquisitor blade, cut in half with the circles going the opposite directions. So you know the, we know the placement of it. What's the story that's going to come out of it, though? And and, and again, I'm I'm going to say this at this point right now. I really don't want a sequel to, to see a sequel to this movie.
0: I so, here's my there. I Done. like the things we can do or we can ha- see solo two, which I think is unlikely given the movie's performance and kind of what everything that's happened with. it. I'm us. I'm throwing that aside we could see, by way of box office. This could be part of the Obi-Wan movie, in which case they're going to redo uh, or at least retell what we saw in rebels, which I, I think can't is see also that. really, no, I can't say I think it's also bizarre. Yeah. The other thing is the, we had the rumor the other week that there's a uh Boba Fett movie in the works and we do see Mandalorian armor multiple yes. times mm-hmm. in the, uh, the plate. I'm blanking on the ship. Right. Um, and, uh, first light. The first light, yeah. yeah. And so we could see a Boba Fett Underworld movie involving Maul and Boba Fett.
3: See, and that I that's, could see.
0: That'd that's be cool. probably my bet, but it it just feels so weird to me to bring Maul into it. But, it really feels like—I mean—it I, it I feels agree. like the I, wrong choice to me.
3: I, I think I, it's I, one of two things. Oh, Tom, Tom yeah, go what ahead. You're gonna say, and then I'll.
1: Well, no, I—I, I, I, well, no, that, that's okay. Because I, to to a certain extent, I have no, I have no problem with Maul, being, here. I totally agree. They can't bring him into an Obi Wan movie and replay that whole thing again because. It, the, the the way Filoni did it in Rebels was perfect. You cannot top the demise of Maul from from Rebels. You you can't. But I could see him I can see him with or working with Boba Fett, because that also makes a little bit of a connection to Boba Fett working with Darth Vader when we see him in New Hope, when we see him in, in Empire, all the other places well, yeah, Empire because he doesn't go into Jedi because he's gone. So, I mean, all that works. But I think if they bring it into the next film, I would probably be hesitant to see him as a prominent character. I would want to see him use sparingly and when he needs to be there. Not as a prominent character if they were to bring him into another movie.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah, totally agree.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're probably i don't know I, I think you're probably right but i i think it's either it's either they're setting up for some future movie or tv show and everything you guys just said is 100 valid or this is just an easter egg where they're like who would run this thing oh clearly mm-hmm. mall and john casden right. who i believe was he said it was the one he kind took credit for for adding mall um just thought this would be a cool thing that people will love because I love, you know, people love Rebels and people love Clone Wars and let's throw them all in there. And, yeah, I might confuse the people who aren't up to date, but you know what? Gosh darn it, it validates that the TV series matter, which
0: we mm-hmm. know. We've always it, known. Right? right. We've always known. But, it, yeah, but, it, I don't, for, but they're not the trying to viewers, drive people. I, I don't think it's going to drive anyone to go watch the TV series. yeah It and may,
3: that, may, may not, but it, I think what it does is say in the future, like as new t- television sh- uh, sh- series Uh, arrive guys this this has weight because uh you know things that are in the television show will dramatically impact the movies okay so so i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna go back to a conversation the friend and i had at work concerning all this we as star wars fans that are totally into this we would go and watch the movies the tv shows we already know right now We've already seen Clone Wars. We've already seen Rebels. And we understand the connection between Solo right. and those two movies. But you have to think of the general public. To are they going to be the ones that are going to invest the time to where there are the connections between the movies and the TV shows? I, I've i been reading the articles after Solo came out. I think a lot of the articles out there are not giving the, the movie a, a lot of credit. I've seen one article or two articles. One of them already that has come out and said, is this basically getting to be uh, Star Wars Burnout? because of this another one is star wars fans and i'm paraphrasing both of these these titles but another one was star wars fans were finally rejecting uh, uh, uh not quality movies okay both of those articles i can understand where you're coming from but i really think when it comes to this movie you're not giving the movie the justice it does deserve it's not that bad of a movie but the problem is With that kind of word of mouth that's out there, and if you're going to start trying to build a universe that's going to go between TV and movie and books and all that, is the general public, the one that's going to actually be out there to see these movies, is that going to actually down the future fatigue everybody because there's so much story involved, you're going to start losing them. And then you are going to have the problem of people are going to get that down the road, that type of burnout how marvel's been able to do their thing with the marvel universe is astounding for the amount of years they've been able to tie those stories but it's worked i don't think star wars is that type of property to have that be have that type of treatment i really don't yeah so
3: I mean, that's, think- that's a whole long Long I know that, that, discussion that's, that I would love to get that, into That's a major. Point,
1: but. I know. That, that's a major conversation we can have at some point. But that does kind of tie in right now with the, with the mall being in here. With Not the mall, but yeah. with Darth Maul being in here. And for us and the people who have watched Rebels, it, it, it's enough of a character and it's enough of a time frame right now that people can go back and just watch the minor episodes to get this. But the problem is if you start doing more and more and more and more, then it's going to start diluting that that really cool little Easter egg, but only yep. the real fans are going to get that Easter egg. Everybody else is going to be like, "Why? Why was it thrown in there?" And they're going to be more confused. That's true. So, that is true. And sorry, and and we got to get back to the, the whole Kessel run and and Kessel and everything else because we've gone off Darth Maul. We got to get back into the actual movie.
3: Well, I'll, I think I'll wrap it up by saying this regardless of the reasons as a as a fan i loved it i should have seen it and i my mind didn't almost couldn't believe it at first because i'm like no right no they wouldn't you know as soon as i heard sam willer's voice i'm like no it couldn't be you know it can't be oh my gosh they actually Mm -hmm. did it that's so awesome Mm -hmm. and so you know i think it has kind of overpowered a lot of the discussion of the film which may be unfortunate um because I think there's a lot of other good elements of the of the movie too, but there's the a fact that they were able we to have... keep it secret was great.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the surprising thing—how well they were able to keep this thing secret. Yeah,
3: yeah. and I read some stuff saying like they would—they didn't even put it in the script. They would just say a character so surprising it will blow your mind appears, something like that. That's so. pretty cool. But uh, so anyway, they they moving moving on with the movie though they come up with a plan to uh to to get the coaxium back and I, I love how in the office han is so eager to find a way to make the money back he's like oh no let's we'll, we'll do another job and like, yeah there's, there's 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 you can't get that much coaxium and, and they're like and han's like well maybe what about unrefined coaxium he's like work with me guys right and he's like throwing out ideas until finally they come up with a plan that could work and it's basically go to kessel steal unrefined coaxium Quickly take it to Saverine, get it refined, and profit. And Kira, yep. go with them because if you guys fail, you're all in trouble and you're dead. Mm-hmm.
1: And I yep. actually like that part of the story where it's like, you know what? It wasn't just we only need this type of coaxium. We needed it refined. No, let's do it a different way. I mean, I like it to where you still have that story plot of we needed this. But you're not always going back to the well of we have to find it refined. We have to find it refined. So every time they're trying to do this kind of heist here, this kind of heist here, this kind of heist here for refined. No, let's get it before it gets refined. I like that twist on it. I thought that was a a good story
3: point. I do feel like there might have been a little too much coaxium in the movie just because it's this thing that we've never heard of before. And all of a sudden Han Mm -hmm. and Kira still at the beginning of the movie. Completely unrelated to what happens in the rest of the plot, and try to use the bribe their way off planet for five hundred credits. By the way, which seemed really tiny given how much they had to spend in the Masai cantina. But you know, well, well maybe needed. maybe
1: for them, yeah, um, maybe for them at that point,
0: you know, Outer Rim, there's yeah. a whole lot of stuff. There. And uh, maybe
1: for them at that point, 500 dollars or five hundred credits was like a million dollars to them. They didn't really true. get the
3: grasp of it. And maybe it's like a local currency or something. Who knows. Um, and then there was um, and then they go and they they try to steal a huge um, uh, they they try to steal the train of coaxium and they're like okay well let's get some more coaxium let's go to get it from Kessel and I don't know it felt like they kept it kept just being conveniently appearing as like this key thing that we've even though we've never heard of before but I can buy it I can I can ignore that Um, Mm. but it, it did it did appear a lot Mm -hmm. but uh that takes us to the lodge at fort ipso where um uh which apparently is on vandor by the way uh i didn't realize that um i thought well it's a little odd that it's it still has snow all over but i don't know for some reason it was kind of hard for my mind to believe that the heist uh, of the, the on the Convex and the Lodge were both on the same planet. It seemed a little, I don't know, too convenient, but whatever. Um, but that's where we get introduced. Works for me. To Lando Calrissian.
0: Played very well. I mean, he doesn't, Donald Glover just does an amazing job. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Steven, um, thoughts on the intro of our favorite, favorite uh, scoundrel?
0: Uh, just it it worked really well actually i think i'd say i really liked that uh i think he starts as a uh he starts by channeling billy d williams very directly and then kind of segues into doing his own thing Mm -hmm. um which i really appreciated like it definitely gives it a a unique kind of play on lando but just everything he does is perfect like I I have to say he's one of the highlights of the movie for me, from watching him play cards to recording his uh, autobiography. That was fun. That was fun. Just hilarious. Oh,
3: and not just uh, was it his autobiography, though he was literally referencing the old Lando Calrissian books in those biographies. That's too.
1: That's too Cool.
3: Um, like when he says, you know, the um, he he references uh, he references the Sharu, um, which was just so perfect, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and he talks about uh, like because that's from Lando Calrissian and the mind harp mind harp of Sharu, and um, there was another time he references um, oh shoot where was it uh, I had it I had it all written down just so I wouldn't forget uh but anyway they're uh ASEAN they thank you he... yeah 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 the ASEAN belt. yeah oh the... uh, I'm
1: gonna have to read those books so good and, the, and those are
3: not the only things there's so many tiny little references throughout the whole movie uh but but I yeah. think the Lando ones are some of my favorites for sure
0: the fact that though it's it is it really is crazy to me that they like the minds of sharu the mind harper sharu got mentioned or at least even the sharu at least yeah like they that is some truly obscure star wars (laughs) canon to bring up in a you know mainline movie
3: yeah oh also coming a little bit later but uh taras kasi the fighting style that um kira is trained in yeah Reference to the the video game Masters of Tereskasi for the uh, uh, the PS one, and uh, it was also um, in uh, one of the books as well, I think. But um, yeah, I think the, the the video game is probably the most notable
0: instance of it. Yeah. Again,
3: so perfect,
0: right? Um, we let's see. We get to find out the fate of Aura Singh. Yes. Yeah, Beckett, that was that Beckett was a quick throwaway. He didn't throw her. He pushed her.
3: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, sorry, all you but R-Sing yes. fans who were sad he's here killed on off screen. At least we um, know her fate. We do. We do. Not that like we needed to know her fate, but again, it's really cool. Lots of references to other bounty hunters, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bosk and uh, and others. Um, i think just so many so many references right and left that i just think were so so perfect it it, it was it really was like a love letter to fans and the and -hmm. and and, and legends where they're like yeah we're we're gonna bring up every tiny little thing you
0: may or may not have known and throw it in the movie because you're welcome when i I will say I appreciate it. I never really felt like it was uh, gratuitous.
1: No, 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 not at all. No, none of it. None of it was.
0: Not like it all, not at all. It all just kind of worked.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were able to really, really mold everything the way it was. So I got a question for
0: you guys. What did you think of L three, Lando's droid? I really liked L three. Um, I've definitely heard other opinions though so how did you feel about it
1: well okay I like the character but it just got I would say to a little bit it got uh, a little creepy uh, you know the, the whole droid rebellion I found fascinating uh-huh. where you know she, she's sitting there and it's like you're free go 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 and they're they're trying to escape castle but then it just got a little and and I think it pays off in the last shot Um where it gets a little creepy about you know,
0: yeah, you have to read the, last shot. Are you talking about the Droid Rebellion piece? Not not or so much the Droid Rebellion, uh, but the I had no problem with Lando the Droid Rebellion. and L three having yeah yeah yeah, oh,
3: yeah that yes. well
1: yeah that was kind of like
0: uh where L three basically thinks Lando is into her. I you know what I am not <laughs> convinced that is a uh. L3's imagination. <laughs>
1: no, I... I, I, <laughs> like, I agree with you.
0: There's, I think, I would say a number of things that have come out, both, like, in terms of... Uh, I think it was John Kasdan talking about the uh Lando as a character. Uh, Donald Glover talking about the character. Uh, it adds some very interesting context to how you mm-hmm. watch that movie. Well, and also... And I don't after... think it's... I, don't, I should say, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, It's just different yeah
1: and and like mm-hmm. i said they when read la- you guys are both we've finished last shot right
0: i have not finished last shot okay
1: yeah um well right. you may have
0: uh yes yes
1: okay yeah so um, yeah uh, l3 is an interesting character is all i'm gonna say yeah
3: i i uh i didn't i thought she yeah she was a um, unique kind of droid i think her thank obsession you session with droid rights was it was interesting for sure. Um, I don't know. It, it, it I, the thing I loved, I, I well, I thought Phoebe waller did a great job playing her. First of all, oh, I, and yeah, totally. my 100%. favorite part of L three actually was what comes later when, um, uh, when L three is destroyed on Kessel, and it's heartbreaking. I know where you're Orlando, going with it, right? And uh, she's completely destroyed, and, and they they come up with this idea. It's a it's a huge moment uh, during the Kessel Run scene, which we'll we'll discuss in more detail in a bit. But um, they, I think it was Han, comes with the idea to put L three into the Millennium Falcon because L three comes with all of these. She has all these star maps and like Mm -hmm. the best charts, uh, and she's like an excellent Mm -hmm. navigator. Has all these routes nobody knows, and that actually allows Han to make the Kessel Run in a shorter distance, therefore doing it in twelve parsecs instead of the average twenty. And, um, and so L three becomes part of the ship, and like a permanent part of the ship, mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. uh, it lends a lot. It actually, I think, one of my favorite things about this movie is the fact that it works really well as a an origin story for the Millennium Falcon. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. And if you
3: notice, like early on, and after we meet L three, as they're on their way to Kessel. Right before they jump into light speed, L3 is making the the calculations and she, like, glitches out, hits her head, and she's totally back to normal, right? And Mm. and they jump into hyperspace. And that's just one of her quirks, right? Once she gets uploaded to the Falcon, all of a sudden, the Falcon starts malfunctioning occasionally. And Han has to hit the bulkhead and the Falcon kind of restarts and gets back to normal, and all of a sudden, I can't look. You can't see the Han hitting the Falcon. You the, know, same you, you, the same way, The same way anymore. And those quirks, yep. the Falcon's malfunctioning, right? Is not because of the Falcon like not having the right parts. It's because it has L three. L
0: three is in the Millennium Falcon. L three is well, in the also, Falcon.
1: And it also explains why I think.
0: No, go ahead. Stephen, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. You finish your thought. Right. I think you're going exactly where I was. Yeah
1: it it also it also explains the line that three PO had about you know the language of the Falcon and when when three PO was trying to it's like it it totally explains so much in New Hope when it comes to the Falcon.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's I, actually uh, um, no Stephen. Go and ahead. The, you finish your thoughts. This is something I'll take. I'll give credit where credit is due. I'm pretty sure I saw this on uh, the Star Wars subreddit. But there's a line in the Last Jedi novelization, which makes what could be construed as a like obscure reference to, to this, mm-hmm. uh, where it mentions that the you know the Millennium Falcon's computer is using profanity when talking to R two D two, and the <laughs> yeah. author confirmed like yep yeah, like that like we knew it was gonna be L three, so we included it. That's so amazing,
3: and, and it, I, cool. I love that. And the Falcon itself is kind of a character in this in this movie and we see you know the ship go from being this
0: pristine beautiful uh, uh you i know. actually i want to talk about this for a moment because yeah, I this is one of my other favorite things about the movie okay. um so when we saw the trailers and we saw you know this pristine white falcon my initial thought was wow han really screws this up over the next <laughs> 10 years uh Walking out of that movie, I'm like, "Wow, Han really screwed that ship up in like 48 hours, <laughs> <laughs> if that." Yeah. Like, and it, and I, at no point was ever like, "Oh, the Falcon took way too much damage." It's literally just that Han broke it and it oh, just absolutely. never really decided to fix it. Well, and he Lando had to fix, didn't get a chance to,
1: and he had to fix the landing gear, though. That's the one thing that had to be fixed because he yeah, did right, pull yeah. that one trick in the castle run. But no, I to- it totally agree. I mean. William, I think you may—you may, you definitely now see the personality of the Falcon, and and it is now a character within the Star Wars universe because of this movie, and that's what makes this thing so cool.
3: Yeah, and I I just I loved it. I loved how we get to yeah. see the Falcon go from, you know, this highly customized YT thirteen hundred that Lando bought and and basically made his palace right where. Everything is pristine. He even has like a cape closet and a mini bar and like all these fancy things that Han doesn't care about, right? Uh, Han takes over the ship, completely wrecks it uh, in the before he even owns it. Then wins the Falcon and proceeds to only fix up the parts that he needs to, and kind of leaves the rest as is. And um, I, I just think you know you get to see why the Falcon looks so beat up and how. Oh yeah, the falcon looks weird, but that's because they ejected the escape pod. Um and that you know, they how they had an escape pod, and as soon as they eject it, that's when you see mm-hmm. the twin mandibles and uh and, and you know, the falcon gets its familiar shape and so uh, I thought they did a really good job with all of that. And actually and adds some some additional like if L three if Lando is that attached to L three, right, and loses the falcon, like he was he was almost pl- at that point playing with fire, knowing he could lose L three mm-hmm. and the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And Han basically takes it's- this ship, who is, has the mind of his friend, and then Lando gets the piloter again, and you know, Return of the Jedi. And it's like, whoa, there's a lot more going on here. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It's actually, I think, my biggest, the only issue I really have with the movie at like from a high level uh-huh. is that I Lando giving up the Falcon feels a little bit tougher. Yeah. So, given like we now how much it, I would expect it to mean to right. him.
3: Well, and it explains why they talk to the Falcon. Like, I mean, everybody talks to their ship or their or their their car. In uh, you know, sometimes they, they refer to it as a, like a person, like a her or something. Mm-hmm. But that explains yep. so much more why Han's constantly talking, like, you know, "Hear me, baby, hold together." Like, he's talking to L three, basically. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's fascinating. Um, I, that's one of the things, one yeah. of the aspects of the movie I, I enjoyed the most. Um, you mentioned though, Stephen. Uh, how how Lando wins the Falcon. Um, I want to dive into that a little bit more and, and, and talk about the the sabak game at the lodge. Thoughts on on how that went down?
0: Part of me wishes that uh, we got more intricate rules of sabak. Uh, given how much it's been talked about in Star Wars previously, but I thought it worked out. I thought it was a good scene.
1: I think if you were to have gone a little bit more in depth, you probably would have lost a lot of the audience. I think they had to keep it the way it was, you know, because also, because, because the the best thing about it though, is he had to basically win the Falcon twice. That's so it wasn't the thing in which you won the Falcon and that was it. Boom. you're, You're done. You definitely get it to where, um, you know, you could... You knew the first time around, Lando was cheating. But you love it at the end where Han was able to figure it out. I Loved it at the end when he actually won the Falcon. That was the best. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, and he did it by stealing Lando's... You know, ca- the, the literal card up Lando's sleeve. Uh, which I think was, was, was a perfect way to do it. And totally explains. like The symmetry there where... Um, Han, because Lando abandons him later, right? Uh, At the end of the movie. So Han sees Lando again. He pretends to be angry at them for abandoning him. And then um, it says, um, you know, how how excited he is actually to see him. Very reminiscent of Han and Lando in the reverse in Empire. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then, of course, they go and. he he ends up winning the Falcon again. This time, you know, legitimately, and Lando has no way to cheat. And that totally then explains why Lando is so upset in Empire. Um, you got a lot of nerve coming here after what you pulled. You know, like oh, yeah. I totally get it now. You know, although yeah. the question is, is that the last time we see them together?
1: I don't think so. I, it I might put, not be. I don't think so. There, he might yeah, I'm assuming no.
3: else. He might have pulled something else. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was kind of hoping to see a bit more Sabak. like Casino Royale style, a little bit longer, a couple more hands or something. But yep. I mean, I get it. I get it. I it's think it worked not, for me.
1: I I think yeah. it worked for me because because if it if it went any longer, then heck, just do it on Canto Bite. Okay. I mean, this was a seedy little game. It it worked for me. The atmosphere, everything in that hole, everything just worked out so well for that.
3: Uh, so, um, and so, I actually enjoyed that they they uh, didn't have him in the Falcon at first, and it was something he had to go do at the end of the movie. Because I thought it would have been too easy if he just won it right then. So I'm glad they oh, absolutely the save it, and it's a nice way to end the movie without um, on a, on a high note. So, okay, yeah that's good mm-hmm. it worked uh, but let, let's uh you know let's 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 move along uh, we're getting close to the end of the movie let's talk about Kessel um, finally we've heard about this planet forever it's another planet we've heard about for a long time uh, thoughts on Kessel
0: I thought it worked like it more or less matched kind of how I imagined it it's a brutal spice place that you really don't want to go <laughs>
3: Yeah. I think it's probably for me one of the least. I hate to say it. The Kessel run?
0: Great. Kessel itself?
3: Meh. I was kind of ambivalent. I appreciated
0: the Droid Rebellion. It was cool to see the Pikes. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I loved. And then the time the Rebels and Clone Wars and everything. Uh, But yeah, otherwise, I agree with you. But yeah, not necessarily. It's not. It wasn't anything super special.
1: Yeah, you just want to see him yeah. do the Kessel Run. That was it. Yep. Which yeah. the thing I found interesting about the Kessel Run was that monster that was inside the the mall, uh, and the how they were winter. able to actually, yeah, Some, and then how they were winter actually winter. sorry, and yeah. and then how they were actually able to get out of there. So Han could make it in twelve parsecs. Yeah, that was pretty cool, and it explained away why when the um, uh, escape ship why the mandibles are now exposed because they use the escape ship to basically, you know, help them escape. Distract it. Right. Yep.
3: Right. Yep. And it was so beautifully shot, you know, and uh, it was cool to see them basically go, you know, quote unquote off road, right into the maelstrom, mm-hmm. Um And, yeah. and encounter all of these, you know, asteroids and, um, and space creatures and felt almost like uh, a little bit of the Phantom Menace, where they're going through the planet core. They're going they through the planet, find all of the you know all those, all the, the the obstacles, and we see them um, you know run into the uh, the Sando Aqua for example, uh, when, yep. when the lights turn And actually, we even got a reference to the Sando Aqua. I uh, should know it was a cola Clawfish, Kla- like,
0: actually. Kla- Kla- yeah, the the, the uh, yeah. He's uh what's his name? Is sipping the. Uh the dip what or something like I don't know what it, it was yeah it yeah turned. something like it was cola claw dip or whatever but it was like again one of those references like oh that's okay cool yeah but you know when it was not be, what I would have expected but it, no it, not at all I like it but
3: like the power turns on and there it is there's the there's the big space creature and uh, again very TPM um, but I enjoyed it it was really cool we got you know the, they got some Tie Fighters chasing them and it was a good opportunity for John Powell to come in who who did the score for solo a star wars story and to kind of pull in all of the classic themes we know and love from you know the the tie fighter attack to um the asteroid chase to the new han solo theme which was actually written uh by john williams himself by the way um so that was uh that was that was really nice and uh kind of a nice uh, way to, to bring all the all the themes we know and love into one
0: into one uh one when, yeah. Uh, I it was nice seeing all the music cues kinda of pop yeah. up.
3: What did you think overall of the soundtrack?
0: Uh like I've talked about before. I'm not a big soundtrack person, but I liked it. It like I enjoyed hearing some of the classic themes. Uh it was enjoyable.
1: It was it was a definitely a bit different than what we were, you know, used to, but it was nice to hear all those classic themes. Mm. You know,
3: it worked. It was a bit more of a western western ish soundtrack. Um I enjoy it. I think Compared to the last, well, I'd say The Force Awakens is a much wider soundtrack in many ways, you know, with like Ray's theme and, and and that sort of thing. This one is the bulk of the soundtrack is more action music, which is a you know, not, mm-hmm. not a bad thing. It kind of depends on how I feel for the day. Um, but I thought yep. John Powell did a very good job kind of doing some new stuff while feeling... Uh, familiar uh, yes ex- exactly yeah, And of course you know it definitely themed by john williams how could you go wrong with, with more john williams
0: yeah
3: mm-hmm.
0: yep absolutely uh, but we talked about oh, the rest man, of them
3: all it. and how they how they escape at the last minute they use a little hyperfuel
0: and uh, jump to a uh, little, little on the silly side, but not too bad. Yeah, yeah, but it, if, if they piece.
1: used if they used more than that, then probably it would have been on the silly side. But just to use that little itty bitty bit, I, I think it yeah. worked.
3: And again, it lines yeah. up with the the real world example of the Ferro, uh, fero, Ferrofuel, I think it is called, where uh, it actually does you know help real world spaceships. So that was that was yeah. good. And of course, they they quickly rush to Savarine before the coaxium can explode so they can process it at the refinery. uh, The Bis refinery on the Patacota coast, I believe is how you pronounce it, of Hmm. Savarine. And that's, of course, when Enfys Nest arrives. And as we talked about before, she's well, not not who we thought she was. She's actually good. And that's when uh, to my surprise, Han decides to switch
0: sides. Were were you guys expecting that? It's uh, no, I actually wasn't. There's Han in Episode Four is much more self-serving, I think. Um, but what the, I think the movie does a really good job of showing is Han at his core is the kind of altruistic person that we think he is, and it's only the you know years and years of being a being on the run and having people chasing him and things that have kind of made him cynical. Mm -hmm. And so I actually really appreciated that, you know, like Beckett, we know Han's going to get a couple layers of the cynicism over the next 10 years of his life.
3: Yeah. And he, he hates being the good guy, but deep down he's the good guy. And that that's who he is. Yeah. And he might try to try to avoid it, but uh, at some point, At some point, that's that's who he is. That's his destiny. Yeah. Uh, Well, and and of course, I think we get into that very convoluted and complex, um, ending of the movie. I don't think it's that convoluted. Well, it's a it's a bit, but it's maybe it's not you know it's not too bad. But um, where we basically find out that everyone's double crossing. Everyone, you know, Beckett, Everyone. Beckett, Beckett decides to leave, and because he's a, uh, he wants to go work for a certain big shot gangster on Tatooine, <coughs> Jabba, and um, a- a- and he doesn't want to help Enfys Nest, so he he disappears, and Dry uh, Han gives Dryden the fake coaxium,
0: except it's not fake, and
1: now that I thought was pretty cool. It, yeah, I have that to scene-
0: admit. I watching the movie a second time makes that entire sequence way better too. Yeah. like, I enjoyed it the first round, mm-hmm. but like watching Han be like very careful to set it down. The yeah. first time you watch it is like, Oh, Han's just faking it. We know it's not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time you're like, Oh, he's actually genuinely concerned about all of this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that, that I thought that whole thing was played off very well. It's like, was it, was it not? Cause I just thought about Dryden Vos was just like, oh, that's fake. Immediately, he thought it was fake. Just, it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, wait a minute. And then you're just like, how could he have picked it that quick that it was fake? And then all of a sudden, you realize he had the real thing in his hands the whole time.
3: And it was sitting there the whole time. I did like yep. how I completely tricked him. And I, well, oh, and yeah? I also liked how throughout the whole movie, you really never knew who was on Han's side, right? Like, we're supposed to like Kira. And I think, Mm -hmm. actually, Amelia Clark did a great job as Kira. I liked her character a lot, and I want to learn more about her backstory and what happened during those three years. But um, Mm -hmm. just when you think it's Kira who betrayed him, we find out, no, it's it's Beckett. He's back. That was a very short leave. And he's the one who told Dryden about their betrayal.
1: And it gets back to... He he warned Han, don't trust anybody. Right. Yep,
3: that's exactly what he said. He really yeah. did. And Han yeah. didn't listen, and I think that lesson kind of haunts Han for the rest of it. that. That plus Kira's betrayal, where she, she, um, she fights Dryden with him. They take down Dryden, but instead of coming with Han, she goes off on her own, takes over Crimson Dawn. Uh, or at least Dryden's part of it, uh, on behalf of Maul, and then runs off. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that hurts Han a lot more than we ever knew.
1: Right. Yeah. But but there there is one thing you're kind of missing at at a certain point. Han did shoot first, and this movie did prove it, because here you have here you have Beckett trying to convince Han, hey, you know what, you know, hey. No bad feelings. Come on. Let's work together. Blah blah blah. Don't trust her. And then what is what does Han do? Han shoots him. But then Beckett did sit there and say, you know, did kind of give him a final warning as Kira was taken off into the background.
3: So You know, I I, I, like, I really uh, love that because Yeah it shows that too. again, Han's the good guy. He doesn't he doesn't want to shoot first necessarily, but he knows if he doesn't shoot first, mm-hmm. he'll be dead. And yeah, they so, will be double crossed. Uh, and so he kind of has to. Um, and yeah, he's a pragmatist. Yep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, yeah, and I, th- I thought that was, that was good, and it adds a little more flavor to the to the to Han's backstory there. Mm-hmm. And of course, gives us a good reason to, you know, have Han shot first. <laughs> yeah. God, I Which I'll be honest, I've never really that. taken a huge side on, but I uh, William, I'm sorry, this is gonna
0: be your last podcast. <laughs> um, well, wait a minute. I
3: just don't have that strong of an opinion on it. But I do love that they included it here in here and, and, and answered it. Uh okay. okay. I do I'll,
0: have I'll allow
1: it. Okay, but wait a minute. I do have a strong opinion on it. When you watch the quote unquote fix that they did, do you know how obvious it is that he could that, that uh, Greedo missed? Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close that he missed. <laughs> okay. I do have a problem with that. shot first,
0: period. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh... Let's see, is there anything else we need to talk about? I'm sure we could keep talking about this for hours. Oh, we, so we could. We could. honestly could keep going about. In, in the interest of time and sleep. <laughs> yes, that that is true. I not um, think if there's anything else, any other major things we didn't cover. I
3: delayed you guys no. long enough. So behind the scenes stuff, I delayed you guys long enough getting started. So, um no, no. But uh, no, I, think, I think I think the last think the good. last thing, and there's a couple minor quick things I want to touch on, then we can wrap this up. Um, we talked about the end and how Han wins the Falcon to. to Fair and square to end the the movie. But right. but one thing I loved is, uh, or one thing I I, um, I saw, I don't remember who mentioned this. If you guys look closely, though, they're they're not on Vandor at the end of the movie, right? Uh, it's not clear Sh- what planet well, yes. they're on. Yep. I heard a theory. Could it be Batu from Galaxy's Edge?
0: Oh, that could be interesting.
1: That well, didn't, my
0: my initial thought was it might be Takadana, but it'd be it's a little middle of nowhere for Takadana. I think
1: that would be very interesting.
0: Yeah, now I want to go
3: back and rewatch and pay close attention to see if it's Batu, but that would be really. Well, did cool. they ever?
1: Did they ever call out the station? The where they didn't they just announce the name of? I guess the trading post is uh, Black Spire Station or something. Yeah. so I think that could be a Black Spire. That would be interesting. And that yeah. would be
0: very interesting and very cool if that's the case. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: Oh, um, Disney, I'm telling you.
3: They're, they're doing a good job starting to tie things in. Uh, the, actually, sp- speaking of tie-ins, the one thing which I thought was maybe not paid off quite as well as I would have liked is the dice. We see him at the beginning True. of the movie. Han has them. He gives them to Kira right before Kira and, and Han are separated. Uh, Kira gives yeah. them back to him on Kessel. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, and then um, he hangs them up again on the Falcon at the end of the movie. But we don't really understand why they're lucky dice. Just that Han thinks they're lucky dice. And I know in, the, in Legends, they were actually the dice that Han played Sabak with and won the Falcon. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't really get as much of that. So I felt like they didn't quite pay it off all that much. But, you know, it's... Oh, it's, I think...
0: I, minor they'd role. spent a lot of them, a lot of time in the movie paying off on every minor little thing that Han has ever seen or done. <laughs> That's true. We even, got, even, we got that the lice, uh, we got that the dice were about luck. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. okay with it. Leaving it at that. Yeah.
3: I'm good. We even got I there- the, I love you or I hate you. I know between uh, Lando and, and Han were. You know, when they look really at the like Falcon. It, it, the story's like, "I hate you." I know. You know, like the, you, you're right. They did. They did touch on everything, so it's it's okay. If they didn't give us a, a huge answer.
1: yeah. I I think to a certain extent, you don't have to explain everything away. There needs to be just that little bit of a mystery. You know, maybe they'll pay that off at some point. I would rather have it in a book instead of a sequel. We'll see.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: one other thing uh, I wanted to briefly mention. This is the first Star Wars movie we've had that has no R2D2 and C3PO. Uh,
0: we'll see. I would not be surprised if they're hiding somewhere. What? No. I can't It doesn't make any sense if they're hiding there. I uh, in the background of some scene
1: No. It's, in in actuality? Possible. How no, they in actuality?
0: I th- they could have been on Corellia on some mission for Captain Antilles. Yeah, uh, maybe. No, I, I i think I think I've also read articles that they are
1: not in there. But I do think Anthony Daniels made an appearance as a background character. He did, not
0: Anthony a, yes. Daniels did, and yeah. um, I'm blanking oh, on his name. Oh, um, Warwick Davis. Davis, and Warwick Thank Davis you. was just just it was obvious it was work Davis. Yeah. Well, yeah. That and Anthony
3: Daniels yeah. plays this this character. He's on he's a prisoner on Corellia, and um, actually it's pretty funny. There's they he has a different name, but they mention that he might have been a con artist on Coruscant at first. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, a, I think, a reference to Anthony Daniels' character in Attack of the Clones that he plays, Donald Faitoni. Um, Got it. And oh, that's so funny. maybe he changed his name and somehow ended up on on Castle. Uh, that was a nice, nice little touch there.
0: Yeah, it's clever. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Pretty um, cool.
3: But overall, you know, I think really well done.
0: The movie was,
3: I think, the very last shot felt a little too fast, and the the pacing at the beginning was a little weird. But really, mm-hmm. once they got to Chewbacca, yeah. things really picked up pace, and
0: uh, it
1: hummed along very well.
3: Yeah, it did. Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah.
3: it did. Uh, and uh, well, yeah. So I think let's we should uh, want... get into our final thoughts. Should we? Should we rate the? Yeah, let's do it. The movie. Yeah,
1: let's do it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll go first. Oh, what the heck. Um, I you know what? I enjoyed the movie for what it was, and this is this is taking the whole backstory listening to everything about you know the original directors to Ron Howard to the press and everything I, I went into this movie just going look I want to be entertained this movie does entertain you it was a fun movie I thought it was well done for whatever happened through the whole filming process it was pulled off it was enjoyable I would go see it again Um, I am going to give this movie, I'm going to give this movie a 7.5. Um, I did enjoy the movie. I would give it higher. Uh, there are some things Well, naturally with everything, there are some things. Um, but I'm giving it a 7.5. I'm going to take my 7.5 Womp Rats. And you know what? It really wasn't, you know, Chewie actually, uh, was able to eat stuff when he was in the pit. It didn't go three days without eating because he had seven point five <laughs> Womp rats to actually go through. Yeah, there you they go. they, they were, yeah. He had
0: a snack, and he was was he hoarding that last half for I, later? I think he was. was. That what happened?
1: You see, what he was going to do is he was going to hoard, hoard that last half for when the two stormtroopers actually fell in, because at one point they were going to actually fall in, because that little rickety pole that Han actually figured out that if you knock it, it'll fall in. I think Chewie would have figured out that and would have pulled them in, so that way he would have enjoyed that last half with the other two stormtroopers so I don't know but that was the weirdest explanation but anyway that's what yeah, I could that's come fine. up with eh, 7.5 I enjoyed it okay. um, William do you want to go next
3: sure so you know I think this movie was um, I really enjoyed it it was fun uh, it, it stayed true to legends um, and while well, well, giving us something fresh and new and you know, the, the you know at the end of the day, what's important is that you go to a Star Wars movie and you come out and you're you got a smile on your face and you've enjoyed it, mm-hmm. right? Did it dramatically change the way I look at the galaxy? Not particularly. I mean, definitely the the Falcon uh, got some nice backstory there, and all, all the characters did. Uh, my my favorites being obviously the you know uh, the quirky Falcon with L three and um and uh, you know the the the, the mall tie in, but uh, you know it doesn't need to change big stuff it's just it's fun and it gives us backstory and i thought the cast did a really good job it was shot beautifully um i should call it that in my spoiler free review I, I mentioned the cg looked a little off and uh, after re-watching it again i actually didn't notice it um in the, my second and third viewing so i think it might have been the projector the, the screen you know on the uh, at my first viewing or something um so yeah you know I, I i'm gonna i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun and uh, I, I definitely will continue. I'll go back a few more times and see it in theaters. Uh, and uh, just, you know, they did, they did a great job. So I'm going to give it uh, eight Womp Rats out of ten. And my eight Womp Rats um, are actually the reason why Han got through out of the academy on Karita. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, yeah he, uh, he couldn't blast the Womp Rats that kept running around in his TIE fighter. So oh. they kicked him out.
1: I thought he uh, kept them as America. pets, and he wasn't allowed to have pets.
3: Well, I mean that also well, happened, but okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> Steven? fun, uh, yeah. So I'm pretty much in the same boat as you guys. Like when I got asked how the movie was, I like I give it a thumbs up, and I'm like it's fine. Like it is, is it? I so I still really like the Last Jedi. I actually think Solo works really well. Like Last Jedi was very divisive for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I think everyone can go to Solo and be like, yeah, it was fine. Like I enjoyed it. I like it wasn't a waste of you know two hours or whatever it whatever the runtime is it's fine like it's enjoyable you'll like tells a good story see like see some cool stuff like it's a good movie um so i like with everything that happened behind the scenes uh i was certainly as we've talked about like i was definitely nervous about what the movie was gonna turn out like and it's fine like nothing to worry about um definitely enjoyable like, I don't think we'll be talking about it a year from now like we will Last Jedi, but mm-hmm. it's fine. That doesn't need to, like, not every movie needs to do that. Um, So I think I'm going to give it six and a half Womp Rats. Um, like, definitely not a perfect Star Wars movie, but enjoyable. Um, And actually, I, I have something to tell you guys. Oh. So it turns Uh-oh. out, so we saw Rio masquerading as, uh you know, a mud trooper. Mm-hmm. It turns out Rio is actually six and a half Womp Rats masquerading as Rio.
3: <laughs> Fascinating. So it's this like Russian ne- nesting doll. Yeah, Womp Rat nesting dolls.
0: Yeah. it's So when he actually dies, it's just that the Womp Rats have decided they want out of this job because it's getting too dangerous. And uh, <laughs> so they kind of fake it and off they go. That's a good
3: Whoa, one. nice. I like it. Good one. I like it. So...
0: Yeah, if if for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen solo yet, which is weird, but I suppose it's possible. Why did we just spoil the entire thing? Yeah, go see it. But you know, like if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's worth Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, And maybe see it a couple times.
3: You know, it's 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 fun. I enjoy it. I I, I, and and
0: repeat every time I see it, I enjoy it more. You know? They did a great job. It's in some ways I really do think it's it's almost what Star Wars fandom needed after you know all the discussion and disagreement that came out of Last Jedi. It's nice to have a movie that everyone's like, "Yeah, it's fine."
3: Yeah, and and with the all the legends references, it is kind of a a, a love letter to the fans in some ways. Like, yeah, look look at all these amazing things we've crammed into this movie. So um, I have go to see it. Tip my hat to them. So yeah. enjoy it and, uh, and go yeah. see it. Yeah, Solo: Star Wars story in theaters now. Enjoy, guys. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, IonCannonCast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.